What's up, guys? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Alicia. I'm Xavier. And this is Undress, Changing the Narrative. We're just two people navigating new roles while continually engaging in dialogue about love, life, and parenting. We want to thank you so much for being here and supporting us. If you'd like to continue to support us, you can always visit our website at BeUndressed.com. Follow us on all social media platforms on Instagram at BeUndressed.co, Twitter at BeUndressed, and then you can follow our personal accounts. I'm at Alicia Patrice. And I'm at January though. So let's dive in. Let's do it. Communication in relationships. Huge. 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 Um, I feel like when I think about this, I think about Insecure when Molly went to go see her therapist and her therapist was like, girl, you want to be right or you want to be in a relationship? And it's like, dang, does it have to be that hard? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that hard. I don't think it should either. So is it more so, I feel like a lot of couples, they know, okay, if we can communicate better, we'd be all right. Mm-hmm. But is it? Actual communication or the kind of communication that would make y'all all right? So you're saying the type of communication. Yeah. So these people, they're talking. I'm talking about it. What are they talking they about? They're talking about nothing at the end of the day. <laughs> right. All boil down. Right. I mean, when we, when we think about communication, I feel like a lot of the way we communicate comes from what we've seen as children, what we've seen growing up. So mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about... What were your, who were your models? What, what kind of communication was modeled to you in relationships? So I know on every side of my family, like communication isn't really a thing. Like, I mean, it's a thing. Like we talk, we laugh and all this, but like, as far as like stuff that we feel, like we just kind of sweep it under the rug and we don't talk about it or, you know, Get somebody a gift, and that'll kind of like, it'll kind of make itself work. Okay, so you're saying the way that you saw communication and resolving issues was, hey, I'm gonna get you a gift, and we're gonna pretend like this did not happen. Mm-hmm. Ain't no pretending, cause we didn't happen. <laughs> there you go. I hear you. I hear you. I feel like for me, it was. You know, a lot of my childhood was growing up with my grandparents um, or growing up with uh, kind of a village. I was raised by a village, but my grandparents, I don't I don't think they've ever had an argument. I've never seen them argue. And then there were other instances with some another person that I lived with where she would just let things build up and build up and build up. And then she would just explode like so it was kind of that taught me, hey, be silent. Let it bother you, but if it gets overwhelming, you can just get angry and yeah. get mad. Yeah, that's that's crazy because you get in both sides of the spectrum, you know? Right. You're two really happy people, and then you get somebody that's kind of forcing herself to try to be happy. Right, right. Um, I feel like you have to feel safe. I think that's a big part of communicating, especially in a relationship. Um, I feel like... You have to feel safe enough to say, like, hey, I want to tell you this, and I know that 
you're not going to criticize me for it. You're not going to judge me for this or whatever the case may be. And I feel like it's hard to have that honest and intimate conversation. But I think in saying intimate and intimacy, it's not the sexuality part of it. It's I feel vulnerable enough to come to you with this, to undress this with you. And I think for like just speaking from my experiences, like talking about things with other people, like you worried about what people are gonna think. Or like, you know, this is my partner, this is the person that I love or I'm like I really like and you're like, well, if I tell this person this, like, dang, are they gonna look at me differently? Like mm-hmm, am I mm-hmm. am I crazy or something? So I can definitely understand that trying to be vulnerable. I know, like as men, we we're taught to not be vulnerable, not to show emotion, and that's one of the biggest just coming into a relationship like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would say, even as as women, we're taught, hey, you need to be strong, you need to take it all on, be superwoman, and don't bat an eye. Don't you dare reveal to the world that you're stressed, that you're hurting, because that's not what black women do. Mm-hmm. We're strong, so it's almost like dang like i'm set up this way you're set up this way like how are we supposed to have exactly we're already fighting against so much past trauma and stuff that we're not even aware of because all that stuff is already in your blind spot because you're not you've been doing it for so long you don't even think about it anymore right right so it's like how do we recognize how do we address that like how how do we recognize how our the way that we've seen things modeled how do we see that 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 may not be the right way for us to go about our relationships and how do we change that? Um, And I was listening to a podcast um, called Therapy for Black Girls and Dr. Lex Brown James, who's a couples clinician and sex therapist, uh, described a fire iceberg. And in that it was hey when things happen we react we get angry right that's the tip of the iceberg that's what we all see we see the anger so if i come to you so for example if i come to you or if you come to me and you're like hey alicia your mama t so yellow that when she smiles traffic slows down (laughs) i'm gonna get angry right that's gonna make me angry and that's what you're gonna see and that fire that anger it it hurts it it's hot, it hurts those around us. But under that anger, what fuels that anger? You might be embarrassed, you might be ashamed, you might be sad, but it takes a person to recognize what fuels that flame, what emotions are fueling that flame, what emotions are fueling that fire. And once we recognize that, it takes that safe relationship, that safe environment to be vulnerable, to have that honest and intimate conversation. like hey, you said this and it made me feel sad and ashamed and embarrassed. This is how I feel. And now you have a better understanding of, okay, this made you feel sad, ashamed, embarrassed, and you don't see, oh, she's just angry, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that it's important for us to undress what's fueling that, that emotion that hurts people and figure out what's that primary emotion that we can we can really address. We can really, really recognize and change things. I think you said something before. You've said something before about reacting 
and responding. Right. And that's a situation where you want to respond and not react because you, you're, you're going to come off angry if you react no matter what. Right. Because in reacting, you're just you're reacting with an emotion. You're right. you're not taking a lot of time to think. You're just, hey, right off the handle, this is how I feel. You're going to get it. But you know, when you're responding, you're really taking time to think about what you want to say. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's important. You want to respond. You don't want to uh, react because that can that can really hurt. Um, and Dr. Lex um, Brown James, she was talking about how it takes an average of 30 minutes to be able to calm down enough to kind of you have a, a, a way to kind of undress what's going on in your mind. Your partner has a way to undress what's going on in their mind. And then you may be able to come together and think about it. But a lot of people will say, I just need 10 minutes. Like, nah, girl, you need a whole Netflix episode. Like, 30 <laughs> minutes, right? Um, because when you do try to have productive conversations, when you still have that much emotion attached to what's going on, it's hard to get anywhere. Right? Um, and creating that space of vulnerability, that's another thing, right? Once you recognize those feelings and say, okay, I feel this way and this way and this way, if you don't have an environment where you feel safe to talk about those things with your partner, then that's a whole nother issue. Um, I know there's um, there's something called uh, Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, they're essentially divorce indicators um, or, you know, kind of relationship ending indicators. Um, there's four of them. And um, the first one is criticism, right? So criticism, I'm attacking your character. I'm not attacking something that, hey, your shirt's wrinkled, right? I'm saying you're lazy, you're selfish, you know, I'm getting in, right? Um, so that's the first one. The second one is defensiveness, right? I'm not the problem. You're the problem. Man. Man. <laughs> We're only late That's because hard. you like to get dressed when we need to leave in two minutes, right? You've changed your outfits four times. I'm not the reason we're late. You're the reason why we're late. Sounded like a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this man can put on four different outfits and still not be ready. Um the the third C I'm gonna come back to because that's that's kind of the worst one we're dealing with. But the last one is stonewalling. Um, I know I'm guilty of this, right? I become so overwhelmed with emotions and anxiety, and I just, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to look at you. I want to do my own thing, and I just want to ignore it. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. Um, and then the fourth one is contempt. This is the worst one. Um, so this is a combination of criticism and moral superiority. So this one is saying, um, I don't know why you can't, you shouldn't wear that outfit. You can't even fit it. My jeans still fit. So not only are you criticizing them, but you're trying to make it seem like you're so much better than them. Mm -hmm. Um, and with these four horsemen, these four indicators, with one of these happening, it takes five instances of intimacy to balance that. It sounds impossible. It sounds impossible, but I mean, it's as easy as saying, instead of criticizing you and saying, you didn't clean, you didn't wash the dishes, saying, hey, 
I recognize that you have this, this, and this going on. Let's let's maybe talk about, you know, but is that a how we could instance of intimacy though? Yeah, because it's you're being vulnerable, right? You're saying, Hey, I recognize that you may feel this, this, and this. Am I hearing you correctly? Okay, how can we move forward? Instead of coming at you like, Why don't you do the goddamn dishes? The GD dishes <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that ensuring that there's a balance in these because I mean these are going to happen I think that it takes growth and I think we can speak to we've been guilty of all these things I wouldn't say contempt me I ain't never you've never said uh, you're not going to you're going to wear that how many times have you said that you're going to wear that not because (laughs) my jeans fit better it's like, bro, that should be the same color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't tell you how many times we were about to walk out of the door and Xavier's looked at me like, uh, you gonna, you're wearing that? Look, in my defense, she may be colorblind. Because some of the colors, like, bro, that don't. But then he'd wear the same color scheme a week later. I digress. Be, let's I throw continue. fits differently. <laughs> I'll get, let's continue. <laughs> Um, so basically just saying that the intimacy though is going back to that, that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. um, and feeling safe with that person. So if I come to you and I'm like, Hey, Bobby said this to me at work today and it really made me upset. And you're like, uh, well, yeah, cause you do do that. Then I'm going to be like, Oh, I don't feel safe with you anymore. So I'm not going to come to you with these things anymore. And that can build up. That can build up, especially if you're not having those items of those instances of intimacy. Now, if I was to say, "Oh, I'm on Bobby ass tomorrow," would that be an instance of intimacy? See, that's another that's another topic that we can definitely discuss. I think that it's not your job to whoop Bobby ass. To whoop Bobby's ass. No. Yeah, I think it is. I think that as as two people, when you come into relationship, it's. I'm coming in a hundred, you coming in a hundred, and we are gonna help each other, right? We shouldn't have to lean on each other. And I think in that aspect, I'd be leaning on you, right? You should trust me enough to hold my own. I trust you, but I need Bobby to know, like, shit ain't sweet out here. Why don't you cross the line with this one? You know what I'm saying? So I, I get what you're saying, but I think I don't know. I think leaning on each other is the way that all of this can work. You know what I'm saying? But in leaning on each other, there's kind of a there's a a fine line between leaning on each other and feeding into that codependency. I think that if we're leaning on each other, I know if you move, I'll fall, then you'll fall too. Right? We have to we need each other to stand up. Exactly. I more so believe in hey, I'm strong on my own, you're strong on your own, let's hold hands and walk through this life together. I don't want to have to lean on you, I don't want you to have to lean on me because I feel like that's a that's a codependency issue. That means I can't be successful by myself and I think that that's an, a whole nother. But that, yeah, that is a different, another conversation, but I like in a relationship where you, y'all, your views are aligned, like the future is the same, like, I think being able to move together, leaning on each other, is 
kind of the same in my opinion. And I get like, okay, yeah, I'm independent. I can do things on my own. But like, what, like, I don't get the, like, you in a relationship for what then? I think that because this person. Like, I can do this on my own, you know what I'm saying? But don't you want to have that confidence? I think there's a difference in I'm leaning on you to be successful and hey, I'm with you because I like you. I value what you can add to me. It's just like happiness. Like, hey, I, you you make me happy or I make myself happy and you are an extension of my happiness. Mm-hmm. So in, in this aspect, I'm saying, hey, I'm good all by myself, but I love you, I like you, I enjoy your company. I want to do this life thing with you. I don't want to have to depend on you. But, I you, think, but doing it with you doesn't mean depending on you. You know what I'm saying? Like we're doing, like we're making these moves together. But you're you're using the term "lean on," and I think that that's. But as far as the leaning, like, like the, the Dr. Lex Brown James was saying, the exercise with her couples. They're not, they're leaning on each other, mm-hmm. you know? And they're taking a step back. Because, yeah, I can still stand on my own, mm-hmm. but I'm still giving you everything that I can or everything that I have together. And if I got to stand up, I got to stand up. Right. So in that aspect, they're, they're holding hands, they're touching hands. They have the ability to stand on their own. But there's a little bit of give and take going from partner to partner. Exactly. They're not completely yeah, leaning no, all not. their weight into each other. I'm about to give you all 190 of this, right? No. No, no, no. <laughs> take that out. <laughs> take that out. <laughs> take that out. Cut. No, no. I hear what you're saying, though. I think that in, the, in this aspect, we're agreeing a little bit. Where we're saying, hey, like, I have the ability to stand on my own, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put... I'm gonna hold you up as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But if we need to walk away from this, we'll be okay. I don't think like you get in these situations to plan for walking away though. No, absolutely not. But I do think that there's a, it goes back to what I was saying about you're coming into this relationship 100 and I'm coming into this relationship 100. That's not saying that we're not ha- we don't have shit that we're going through. It's just saying, hey, I'm coming in and I can stand on my own, but I'd love to work through some of this with you. Yeah. I'd love to be in a, a vulnerable and intimate enough space to go through this with you. So this isn't me. <sighs> I'm coming in. I'm broken. I have this. I have that. I'm only at 50%. And I'm expecting you to make me 100%, mm-hmm. right? I want to come in 100% knowing and recognizing what's fueling my flame and be able to have a vulnerable and enough and intimate enough space to share those with you so that I continue to be at 100, gotcha. right? Gotcha. So in having a successful relationship, um, but I do think that it's the type of communication that happens, right? I think it needs to be honest and intimate and again not intimate in a sexual kind of way but intimate in a i feel safe with you i feel like i can be vulnerable with you and then making sure that the you and your partner are creating that space to be vulnerable right recognizing are you being critical are you being defensive are you having that that trying to enforce that moral superiority on your partner you know are you stonewalling 
um, and then recognizing kind of where your partner is, you guys talk about it and move forward. But I, I definitely think that it takes um, takes that kind of communication. Oh, yeah. And it's not going to be one conversation. It's, it's going to take work uh, because communicating isn't easy, especially with especially when you're trying to be vulnerable when you've never had to. Right. Going speaking, after what we've modeled. Exactly. I'm speaking for men because that's just not what we've been conditioned to do. So, yeah, it might be uncomfortable, but if you're willing to have the uncomfortable conversations, then at some point it's going to turn. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. got to stick with it, stay the course. Mm-hmm. Change the narrative of what communication has right. been and what you've known it as, what it's been modeled to you as. Change the narrative, undress what you're going through, and move forward, mm-hmm. right? Um, Speaking of kind of modeling behavior that we've seen as children with everything going on in the world right now, um, whether it be deaths, shootings, it's heavy out there right now. It's heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, And we have, you know, people using their platforms. We have, you know, WNBA, which ladies, 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 you guys are always, always so strong and amazing at really standing up for what's right Mm -hmm. Um, and the NBA now following suit with LeBron and Chris Paul who's the president of the Players Association uh, creating a a voting another voting space at the Staples Center so um, but it's it's amazing seeing these guys you know they're they're crying they're hurt they're at a loss for words and it's like how do you deal with that when growing up as a kid you were so you were told don't show any emotions don't be vulnerable and now you have these big name people who have such an influence who are doing exactly what you were told not to do exactly because you know if you've grown up a i can only speak for black male because i but you you're raised to don't show emotion like don't cry and essentially don't feel almost you know, only time emotion is celebrated is if I'm on the court or on the field or, you know, playing some kind of sport or doing something that it's okay to be vulnerable. But just to see, like, you know, people you look up to, like, you know, you see LeBron James or Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook and stuff like that. You see these dudes, like, being honest with themselves and using their platform to inspire and educate people coming behind us because that's you know our children are coming behind us so i think it's 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 dope um the nba is doing a good a great job i loved everything about the shutdown and i was a little a little thrown off when it came back so soon but a lot of the players were like well we have these platforms, and mm-hmm. this is our platform. So we're not, we're not just going to play and shut up. Like we're going to play and use this platform for something bigger. And I think that's cool with the WNBA because the T-shirt with those seven shots that was amazing, phenomenal, amazing, legendary. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, NFL is hopefully making that turn. But I think, like you said, Chris Paul is the Player Association president for the NBA. You got one of the biggest names in the game as the president. And I think in the NFL, I'm not even sure who, you know. And 
if it's not somebody, uh, you know, a high caliber player, then, you know, who did he, why are you really listening, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, slowly things are starting to change in sports. People are starting to use their voice in their platform, and I think that's dope. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super dope. And I know uh, Russell, after the game, what was that, two nights ago, when they were interviewing him, they kind of asked him about how he felt about, you know, the shutdown and coming back and da-da-da, and he said something along those lines, like, we have this platform. We have this platform for a reason, and being able to influence the younger generation um, to, you know, stand up for what's right and and unite, you know, that's huge. So I definitely agree with you um, in that, they came back because they have a platform and they can use it. And I think that's super dope. Um, all right, let's get into it. Who do you think's winning the West? <laughs> and I need you to answer this correctly because our friendship depends on it. We both already brought up Russell Westbrook. You know, the Rockets going to bring it home. Clutch City coming back. And if they don't, I'm going to say it every year until they do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, obviously, I think the Lakers are not only going to win the West, but they're going to win it all. It's their time. They're focused. They're playing hard. Look, LeBron, AD. Y'all not going to beat the Rockets with LeBron scoring 10 points. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Whether it's the Rockets or OKC, because we don't know who's going to come out of it. We'll beat either so one. So you think we're going to lose to Oklahoma City? I'm just saying. I don't know. You don't believe that. <laughs> Um, I do think that, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very, very interesting time. I know the bubble, that bubble's got to be crazy for players being away from their families for so long. Right. I know, I was reading something, I guess, after the first round, families can, like, show up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's probably cool for some of those dudes, because I know they did the... Announced the player announcements with their families doing it from home to kind of surprise them. That was kind of dope too. That is super dope. I yeah. saw Russell and his wife celebrated their anniversary via FaceTime. Yeah, Has yeah. to be rough. Yeah, my dog. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough time, especially with losing. You know, we celebrating. We celebrated Kobe a couple of days ago, and mm-hmm. then losing our Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then John Thompson this morning, which. I played basketball growing up, and Georgetown was one of those places, like, if I can make it, I want to go to Georgetown and play right. for a strong black coach. Right. So, so we're losing him. It's, 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 it's a tough time for us right now. It's a tough time, and it's, it's – I don't want – I want people to be able to undress what they're feeling and know that it's okay not to be okay. I talk to my sister Chelsea about this all the time, like – it's okay not to be okay and really undress those feelings and get to the root. What's what's feeling, what's showing on the outside. When we get to the root, you want to know who to, what about the root of the person that gave you that saying? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Boy. I see people getting quoted and don't get none of their love. Oh my gosh. All good. Plagiarism is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I know. You know, huh? <laughs> Oh, man. But, I mean, yeah. So, at the end of the day, like, times are tough. You got to undress. Make sure you have a a person, whether it be your partner or a therapist, that you feel vulnerable enough and safe enough with where you can undress these feelings so they're not building up and and tearing down your mental health. 
I'm going to tell you, fellas, therapy is hard, but it is beneficial. First therapy session I ever been to, I cried like I was fresh out the womb. <laughs> but I felt better afterwards, which right. who knew? Who knew? Who knew? I've, I am also a very strong, strong, strong supporter of therapy. I think that it's great to have a licensed professional to help guide you through some tough times, and that's okay. Yeah. Oh, we're going to call my mama. She'll talk us through it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> she the reason you're in this position, though. <laughs> Um, but thank you guys so, so much for joining us. Um, we want to leave it off on a good note. What are you listening to right now? To be honest with you, so I, you know me, I go back and listen to stuff. So I'm in a, in a surf phase right now. If you haven't listened to Sir, go check that album out. I don't even know the name of it, to be honest with you, but it's crazy. Whatever. John Redcoin is on there. Okay. And then the song I'm probably listening to, which has been sticking with me, is that Jasmine Sullivan lost one. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jasmine was in the room. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm going through? <laughs> right. I think Jasmine, she jumped down a lot of people's souls when she came out of that yeah, one. Yeah, shout out to Jasmine Sullivan. Lost one. If you haven't heard it, it'll pull out you, pull out you a little bit. Yeah. And that Sir album is called Chasing Summer. Yeah, there you Chasing go. Summer. It came out uh, last August, so about a year ago now. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What you listening to? Um, well, I fucks with Sir heavy. <laughs> okay, um, he stays in the rotation. Went from a therapist to YG in two seconds. <laughs> Listen, YG, real one too. Full bomb and elected, my friend. Full bomb and elected. Um, no, I think right now um, I'm kind of on that Sir vibe. So like Sir uh, Brent Fayaz is a big one for me. Um, I just love that vibe. That vibe. In terms of specific song, um, there's a song called Golden. Uh, by Berhana, B-E-R-H-A-N-A. It's just a super feel-good, like, summertime love, take you to the cinema. I know we all miss that. Are we still in the summertime? Technically, yeah, I think we are, even though it's hot as... It, yeah, we are. So a nigga still got a chance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you dating? Are you dating? We'll have to talk about that next episode. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you. Again, to continue to support us, go ahead and visit our website. Check out our merch, beundressed.com. I love y'all. Fuck with us like you stuck with us, because you are.